0: a lot of reasons they called him Dirty Harry. And he kept inventing new ones. Don't pass out of me. I'm putting somebody with you. You know what happens to the guys I've worked with. Dietrich's still in the hospital with a bullet in his gut, and Fanducci's dead. Now, you're working with Gonzales, or you're not working. Now, that's straight from the fifth floor. You got it? Oh, well, for the past three quarters of an hour, I've been sitting on Sam, Sam your outer office, waiting on you. Damn it all, Harry. That's the mayor you're talking to. Clint Eastwood. Detective Harry Callahan. You don't assign him... Stop! ...to murder cases. You just... ...turn him loose. Lou Guzman, Narcotics King. What's up? J.J. Wilson. Well-known pimp. There are killers on the loose, dressed like cops, and they always use a magnum. You and your partner are back on homicide. It's a little dramatic, isn't it, Briggs? Not your usual style. It's meant to be, Callahan. Look, this thing might be bigger than even we think it is. God! Don't let him kill me! the car right now. San Francisco is the only city with a cop like Dirty Harry. What are you gonna do? Give him one. Clint Eastwood is the Enforcer. We don't deal in violence. What do you deal in? Waiting for all you white honkies to blow each other up so we can move right on in. You don't give up, do you? Sometimes. Not you. Tell you what you are to me, little man. You're just a maggot who sells dirty pictures. Hey guys, and welcome back to another Shock and All Quickie Review. As always, I'm Lindsay Wilkins. And this time around, we're gonna be doing something a little different. Because I have been watching the Dirty Harry movies and I have been enjoying them. So this is what we're gonna be doing. This is gonna be a two-parter. The first part is gonna consist of the 70s Dirty Harry movies as the original from 1971, Magnum Force from 1973, and The Enforcer from 1976. Uh, I wanted to do this because one, I wanna talk about women why not and two um for a movie that originated so many of the film language and tropes we now know as the action cop movie it is interesting how the series um started uh bringing in the trends that the first movie had wrought. much like the james bond movies much like the halloween movies much like any seminal movie with sequels where it was influential though if you want to know more about 80s cop action movies in general, please go back and listen to Anthony's King Neon Badges podcast. It's amazing. Uh, Anthony King is not just sad 70s dramas. He is also all about the 80s action police uh, movie. In fact, I think he's actually starting to write about the Neon Badges as well, uh, which I think he might be doing on an F this movie. But if not, go read his column anyway, because he's an amazing, amazing writer. But first of all, we will be getting in to the first Dirty Harry. I know what you're thinking, punk. You're thinking did he fire six shots or only five? Now to tell you the truth, I forgot myself and all this excitement, but being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world. And will blow your head clean off. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well do you, punk. Yeah, the first duty. Harry is amazing. I, this is the only one I had seen previous, uh, which I loved but didn't... No, scratch, reverse that. Um, I liked but didn't love. I think I compared it to an uh, episode of Law & Order, which was a big mistake, only because I was just looking at the, the tropes and not the revolution that Don Siegel directed the hell out of this movie, um, but yeah, Don Siegel directed the hell out of this movie. I mean, yes, the original Dirty Harry feels like a ground zero movie, as in the movie that created the thing. Um, it also feels like an old man has walked out into his porch and realized there's been a sexual revolution and he has not been invited and is now pissed. Uh, it is a right wing angry scream of back in my day I worked 15 hours a day and was beaten with a shoe and I liked it, goddammit. Kids these days. But as I said before, Don Siegel directs the hell out of it. Uh, Harry Callahan feels so out of place in the sun-drenched, youthful San Francisco. In almost every scene, uh Siegel shows off every glorious curve of this city, and it looks beautiful, especially with that Lilo Schifrin. Score. Sam Fran has never looked better. Though, more importantly, Jody Harry feels kind of like the um coda for the end of the 60s. it's a moment of its time. Scorpion, played by Andrew Davis, uh Bug uh, Eye da- Andrew Davis, who was perfect uh practice for when he will go to Hellraiser a decade and a half later, is a representation of the Zodiac killer the Manson family, maybe even the Boston Strangler. It is a really, it's kind of the emergence of the 70s serial killer. And the reason why I was watching Dirty Harry and re-watching Dirty Harry in the first place was because um, I was reading Quentin Tarantino's Cinema Speculation, which is very good. He's still being Quentin Tarantino, but he does know his stuff. And he sort of makes the point that even though Yes, Dirty Harry is a reaction to the <laughs> youthful liberal. It is also a movie looking at these kind of new crimes. I disagree with them in the sense because these supposed new crimes are coming from the youth. Charles Manson's is consi- the murders, the Tate and Bianchi murders, are considered the end of the 60s, the e- end of free love, uh, love the one you with, and anti-war, which, which was what... The boom is purported, even if it may have been a hustle, but it is that's kind of how they were sort of seen. And Harry Callahan's whole thing is, Why can't I just punch a hippie in the face? That's what he wants to do. I mean, it's shown in that amazing, wonderful opening scene when the guy I think is robbing the bank and he's just holding the gun, and that famous line, Have I shot? You know, I've got the biggest gun, the Magnum 44, or whatever. Yeah, because I know guns. Um, have I shot five or six? Do you feel lucky? Well, do you? It's sort of sort of says everything about his his rage, the fact that he really wants to see if he can shoot this guy in the head. Uh, it is all about you know why can I can, why am I being stopped from committing police brutality? And I don't understand the youth, and I just want to shoot them in the head that is kind of it. Um but the way so this movie is all about how Siegel directs. I mean there are some amazingly gorgeous moments especially when Harry Callahan's running toward that uh massive cross I think it's in Golden Gate Park. Um it is yeah it's 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 incredible. But there's a way that Don Siegel uses violence. It's kind of similar to say how Sam Peckinpah would but with Siegel, it's always kind of used as punctuation. It's never really a set piece. It's just very sudden and very shocking. And that film language has translated through, uh, down through film since, even if it sort of turns more into a set piece. But that grammar that Siegel was using was, was there. It's sudden, it's shocking, and it's beautifully done. I mean, Dirty Harry, but more importantly... Don Siegel is one of America's great directors. So when we get on to Magnum Force, directed by Ted Post and from 1973. Man's got to know his limitations. This movie does feel a touch all over the place. It Ted Post doesn't seem to have, or maybe Clint Eastwood, because this feels maybe more like a Clint Eastwood production. He's more the hero more than the anti-hero that is uh, Dirty Harry. Uh, This is not a man who is fighting for his uh, reduced masculinity like in the first one. He is, he's got fans and women are just throwing himself at him um, constantly. I mean, he walks into a room, a woman parts their legs. I mean, that's, I mean, it's like in Unforgiven. Um, This happens a lot in Clint Eastwood movies, but particularly in Unforgiven where that poor sex worker has had her face sliced up, and she offers Clint Eastwood a freebie. It's like, oh, okay, calm down. Um, you're not sex on legs, Clint. I know you like to think you are, but he always ties his masculinity with how much women want him. I mean, you just go watch The Mule. Um, though I do quite a, I do like, I mean, I feel I can complain about Clint Eastwood, but I actually really do like watching Clint Eastwood movies, considering how not conservative I am. But I, yeah, so he, there's no that kind of, that tension's been taken away as well as the gorgeous San Francisco setting. I mean, you barely get a look at it, but this is, yeah, the movie kind of feels like it's trying to walk back the whole wanting police to commit brutality. I mean, the 1971 movie is a definite reaction to the Miranda law. Uh, It's more settled in now. Um, But this is still the fact that, the whole movie revolves around a group of rookie vigilante murdering cops uh yeah spoiling a 50 year old movie it still feels like the new generation still doesn't understand and still needs to be punished kind of movie which is very much in the first one though if you're gonna have a group of uh, what was it, uh, rookie vigilante murdering cops, you cannot cast better than Magnet Force does. I mean, a pre start Skin Hutch, David Sol, a pre-Animal House to Matheson, a pre-Ice Pirates, Robert Ehrlich, and a pre-New Year's Evil, Kip Niven. I, <laughs> I just saw New Year's Evil for the first time on New Year's. Oh, that movie is delightful. And when Kip Niven showed up, I was so... So happy. If 2023 is the year of Kip Niven, I will be completely satisfied. So I've actually got to start speaking out just more of these movies, so I just see his weird face pop-up. But you can with Magnum Force, you can kind of see the exploitation era, the 42nd Street era of movies kind of creeping in. Um, Magnum Force is a very mean-spirited movie. Very um, but it is a touch um all over the place. It's more it's actually. If Don Siegel was using violence as a punctuation, this is much more the set piece, and it can get very goofy. I could be mixing this up with The Enforcer, but I'm pretty sure this is the movie where Clint Eastwood like stops a plane hijacking by pretending to be a pilot, um, and then all we'll will have a brutal murder of a sex worker. Um, it is like in the same movie. They don't go together. Yeah, I, I do really like the mean-spiritedness of of this movie, um, I enjoy that grimy nineteen early seventies kind of feel, where you don't know what's going to happen because you don't know how violent it's, it, how it's going to get how violent it's going to get. But yeah, the tonal shift is all over the place. I mean, there's a particular great moment at the end of Hal Holbrook trying to drive away in a beaten up car. Um, and this movie, and okay, I can't hit a movie that has Hal Holbrook, even if it's not his best performance. I mean, this movie ends on a punchline. I used to really, really enjoy it. It's just that I just watched it pretty much close after watching one of the great movies of the early 70s. So it's... But no, it's really worth watching. The cast is amazing. I think the one-liners are great. It's kind of settling into those tropes that are so going to go down and it is very much reacting to the time that it was made in terms of what kind of movies are becoming popular. And this was a time when the studio's were chickens with their heads cut off and didn't quite know what was popular, so they were just throwing everything at the wall. But then we get to The Enforcer from 1976, directed by James Fargo. You've been transferred to personnel. To personnel? That's for assholes. I was in personnel for 10 years. Yeah. It's is 1976. Jaws has come out. There's a thing known as a blockbuster. People don't want a death in the final shot of the movie. So let's go screwball comedy with this one. Um, this is actually the movie I don't actually remember the plot that well. I remember scenes, I remember moments. I remember Clint Eastwood walking around in a brothel and this really weird thing. We have these very elderly women writing letters to try and get money off men, but they've got bright red lipstick and kissing the paper like they're 21. Pretending that they're 21 year olds, kind of like an early um, sex phone scam thing. This one, the San Francisco higher ups want to make the police force more diverse. And no, it is not an old wooden ship. Sorry, I just watched Anchorman recently again. So they want more women in the force. And who do they give Clint Eastwood as his new partner? Uh, <laughs> which we all know, I haven't mentioned this, but we all know. But uh, partners with Clint Eastwood, a very, uh, Jodie movies will usually be shot at some point. They give him Time Daily. I act a pre-Kagney and Lacey, uh, Time Daily, just so you know. No, I generally like Time Daily a lot. I think she is a very good actor. I watched a lot of Judging Amy back in the day. It's a fun, light movie. And I think... If you don't want that from a Dirty Harry movie, you're probably not going to like it because this is not... Dirty Harry has a softer heart in this one, I should say. Well, actually, no, he doesn't. He will still shoot a man in the head. Or want to shoot a man in the head, I should say. It is towing this line of, oh my god, they want to put women in the police force. Shock horror! What are the liberals thinking to... Actually, daily is actually a really good cop and we should give her space to do what she needs to do to get to get better. And I generally like her. I think she's fun. I think she's light. I think she's giving a really good performance out of a something that's written on a page that might just be a wide-eyed a character that doesn't really have a the lot there, but she's giving her a little bit more depth. Though, as I said, I don't really remember the plot. I think it's got something to do with a terrorist organization who's actually bank, robbing banks. It's cut, well, in the 1970s, there was a whole bunch of terrorists um hijacking robbing banks like Patty Hearst, that whole thing even though i think this was before paddyhurst this movie was released before Maddie Hearst. anyway you couldn't trip over a rock without falling onto some sort of terrorist organization in the 1970s it was a very turbulent time and because of that and because the bad guys aren't that well defined as they have been in the previous two movies everything's just a bit looser they do have a honey trap character, actually, which is probably why I'm thinking of Patty Hurst, though that's a very different situation. And I know that's <laughs> just one Stockholm brutally treated, the other one's very much a member of the gang. And, but I have fun with this one. It's really light, it's very funny, it's kind of cute for a Dirty Harry movie. I don't know really what else to say about it. Um, it's kind of leaving my mind very just drifting away. It's not the most uh, concrete of the '70s movies, but yeah, as I said, this was a time when the blockbuster was coming back. People wanted to go and enjoy the times of the movies and wanted to laugh. So yeah, have a screwball comedy. Have uh, Clint Eastwood and uh, Tyne Daly throw barbs at each other. James Fargo is and his cinematographer are absolutely shooting um, more of the city, so it kind of feels more like the original in that way, which I really like. Though Harry doesn't feel out of place in the San Francisco. He feels right at home. That's kind of the the biggest difference. There is no kind of searching for his lost, his perceived loss of masculinity in this one. He is in charge. But yeah, no, I really enjoyed all these three movies, even though I have a weird relationship with Clint Eastwood. I love a Clint Eastwood movie, though I will mock those movies to death. I'm not entirely sure why. It's a love-hate relationship, uh, love-hate thing I have with, a a movie star slash now director slash director yeah i should probably do an actual episode on clint eastwood to try and figure this out though there might be a leone series coming up it's gonna be a lot more eastwood in my future um to try and actually figure out figure this out but if anyone wants to do another non-leone eastwood double let me know But these movies are fascinating, and especially when you're watching them in terms of how 1970s movies work, especially because the fact that this kind of does feel like a comedy, it's definitely going for the silly laugh. Uh, 1972, Peter Vondanovich had made What's Up, Doc? with Barbara Streisand, which is also set in San Francisco, and that is a movie that shows off um, San Francisco in a way that suits the movie. And I don't think that has been done since Don Siegel, but Don Siegel, as I've already stated, is a master director. But, yeah, I really like it. I'm really looking forward to getting into the 80s because the 80s was so much about the Reaganism, 80s action police movie. And I think it's going to get more fascinating while the 70s was all over the place because it was just everything was in flux. Everything was changing. Uh, yes, So it very all this very sounds familiar, I know. Uh, it's not like we're going through any of this again just with like different terms but yeah we will be back with another quickie review maybe it will be bubble on maybe it will be the dirty harry 80s movies we'll see which one i get to first all right thanks guys bye